into the arms of Davis. And the superior team all season long was the superior team tonight. And the Kentucky coronation is complete. Champions 2012. Benny Snell needs five yards to break Sonny Collins' career rushing record. They give it to Benny. Straight ahead. Ten. Five. Touchdown. And a rushing record for Benny Snell Jr. of Kentucky. The All Out Kentucky Podcast. Okay. There we go. Welcome in to the All Out Kentucky Podcast, your home for the Kentucky Wildcats basketball and football program. I am your host, AJ Bradley, and I am joined, as always, by my brother and co-host, Sam Bradley. Today we will recap the loss to Vanderbilt in the SEC Tournament look ahead to Kentucky's first-round matchup with the Providence Friars, and discuss the NCAA tournament as a whole and look at the Cats' potential path to Houston. We won't spend too much time on the game down in Nashville as Kentucky was shown the exit by the Vanderbilt Commodores. Gotta give Jerry Stackhouse's guys a ton of credit. They hit shots all night long, and UK just couldn't get enough stops. It was good to see Case and Wallace back out there, but he didn't look 100% and did not have a big impact on the game. Sam, I want to get you in here early tonight and get your thoughts on the game against Vanderbilt in the early exit from the SEC tournament. Yeah, thanks for bringing us in there, AJ. It's, you know, it's March Madness time, and, you know, I know we got to kind of recap this Vandy game. And Don't get me wrong, it's an unfortunate loss, you know, Losing in the quarterfinals after getting the double bye is less than ideal, AJ. But, you know, I was probably the, the first one to say it. It is what it is. We move on to the tournament because we clearly needed some additional time to rest, AJ. I'm not saying that I, you know, wasn't yearning for an SEC tournament title, especially after some of our recent performances, AJ, in the SEC tournament. We are now one and four in our last five SEC tournament games, AJ. So not exactly an upward trend of uh, recent performances come postseason. But, you know, it is what it is, AJ. You know, Kentucky wasn't able to necessarily find stops. Um, You got to hand it to Vandy. They are playing some great basketball. They've had Kentucky's number, obviously, grabbing two wins against them in the last month. And AJ, that is Kentucky's only two last or only two losses in the last over month and a half of play. I mean, you know, they, they were on a roll beating Mississippi State, number ten Tennessee, Florida, Auburn, and Arkansas, and their only two losses are to this Vandy Commodores team. So you really got to hand it to them. They're a desperate team that was trying to do everything they could to make the tournament. Unfortunately, their name is not called. On Selection Sunday, you know, I thought they had a heck of an argument, especially with their recent play, but it just wasn't enough to make up for some shortcomings earlier in the season, AJ. But yeah, I mean, let's face it, we weren't able to get some stops, like you said, we weren't exactly necessarily healthy for that game. Kaysen Wallace, you know, great to see him back. He's clearly healthy, AJ, but, you know, he practiced once leading up to that game. Jacob Toppin, 
come to find out, AJ was dealing with a hamstring injury last week and only practiced once as well. We did not have CJ Frederick practice more than once, and we obviously had not had severe wheeler practicing at all aj so you know you may sit here and argue with me saying you know that doesn't matter it's late in the season we should have continuity but it absolutely does matter aj i mean you take a week off of practicing together you just you're gonna struggle you're going out there and you're trying to implement the game plan without actually putting the game plan in action and practice aj so don't get me wrong uh still a game where i thought we should absolutely have won regardless of the circumstances that we were up against. Yeah, I mean, truthfully, AJ, it's not that hard to put this one in the rear view mirror. I mean, the Kentucky Wildcats just have to be confident in their play coming down the stretch of the season, AJ. I already said it, but, you know, there are only two losses coming down the stretch of the year, AJ, were to this Vanderbilt Commodores team. I know they're not, you know, considered a tournament team, but you cannot look at it like that. Just not a great matchup. Weren't fully prepared for that game in the SEC tournament, AJ, but none of that matters. Everything matters to what we built this season to, AJ. We've taken these lumps, these bruises to get to this point to the NCAA tournament, AJ, and it, it's time. But, you know, I, I'm feeling confident. I hope you are too, but I, I don't know if you have some considerations as far as how that game unfolded down in Nashville against these Commodores, but, you know, I, I'm ready to roll and I'm ready to put that game in the, you know, the hot backseat and just keep going oh yeah it, you definitely got to put that in the rearview mirror shake it off it doesn't matter um i mean to be honest with you sam john calipari has made it very well known that he's not a fan of the sec tournament never really has been um i think some years it can be um kind of a, a jumping off point for your team it just really depends on where you are at that point in the season I thought you brought up a great point about the fact that I think this really is a chance for them to get healthy and, and rest up a little bit practice together a little bit and get right before this first game against Providence so um yeah, I mean, really not much to to go to go on about in this game Vanderbilt made some shots um, I mean, Kentucky came out early. You kind of, it kind of looked like they really were just going to run away and hide early there. But Vanderbilt did a nice job, and then it really kind of was that that end of first half, start of the second half, and then Kentucky kind of dug themselves in a hole there. Um, and I, I just thought maybe you, you didn't see the intense effort to lay it all on the line and come back to win that game. It was more of like, hey, we'll try to chip away at this thing and if we can beat them we can beat them and if not okay then let's let's get better and move on to the next one so yeah i i would agree aj i thought jacob toppin had a phenomenal night i really thought he stepped up for us and you know after finding out that he only practiced one day last week i thought it was a very resilient and leader-like um you know role that he was able to play and John Calipari recently announced, AJ, he doesn't do this often, but he recently announced that he named two captains for this team coming down the postseason stretch of play, AJ. And Jacob Toppin is one of them, and, and Lance Ware is the other. And I absolutely love that decision out of our coach, AJ. I think giving Jacob Toppin that leadership opportunity to, to basically be the voice of reason when he's on the court, I think it speaks volume to his character, to his growth. And I think Lance Ware, I mean – Look, he, he may get in there, AJ. He might be able to impact the game from the floor. But having a, a, you know, 
leader on that bench to continue to keep everyone engaged, especially some of the bench players that are coming in and going to get impactful minutes throughout this tournament, AJ. I think it was brilliant by John Calipari to also name Lance Ware, who has clearly been one of the more vocalized leaders throughout the entire season, AJ. So thought that was worth noting. But look, man, I, I mean, my last consideration for this game is honestly the, the worst thing that came out of it is just – now it's the anticipation and the buildup is a little stronger within Big Blue Nation, AJ. To me, losing in our first game in the SEC tournament mixed with the past few years of everything that we've gone through, I'm not going to have to you know, remind everyone what's happened and transpired in the last couple of postseasons. But I just think that that loss now is um, it's building to the pressure that we were feeling already. Um, you know, I, I know that John Calipari and his team are locked in and they're not going to listen to none of this crap, but I, I obviously do not want to play into it either. But, you know, I think that's the, the only worst thing that's just happening for our fan base. But other than that, you know, like we said, rear rear mirror, we're absolutely ready to move forward and get into the NCAA tournament play, AJ. Yeah, absolutely, Sam. Um, I'll just make one one note about the fan base. I think it is... It's tough for the fan base when a lot of these people are traveling to go to the SEC tournament and they want to see Kentucky play more than one game there. Um, and to see them leave, uh, you know, the tournament started. We kind of hopped in there with our double bye. We lose right away. It almost felt like we weren't even really a part of the tournament. Um, but with that being said, we'll move forward, Sam, because it is that time of year. It has finally come. It is officially March Madness, and the NCAA tournament kicks off this week. To be more precise, the NCAA tournament first four in-games have already tipped off as we record here on Tuesday night. So it's here, my friends. Let's go. We all know at this point Kentucky sits as a sixth seed in the East region and will play the 11th seed Providence Friars Friday evening in Greensboro, North Carolina. Current line on the game sits with UK as a four and a half point favorite with the over under set at 145 and a half. When we look at this matchup, the first thing that sticks out is the fact that the Friars are led by none other than former Kentucky Wildcat Bryce Hopkins. Averaging a team best 16.1 points and 8.5 rebounds per game. Hopkins has taken his game to a whole new level, and at six foot seven, he can use his big body to play down low while also stepping out to shoot beyond the arc. Outside of Hopkins, the Friars have four other starters that average in double figures as they have a top 20 offense in college basketball and are well balanced both in the backcourt and the frontcourt. Ed Croswell, the other starting forward, is 13 points a game on 60% shooting. The starting backcourt of Jared Bynum, Devon Carter, and Noah Locke combined for about 35 points, 10 rebounds, and 8 assists per game. I mention all three of those guys as the backcourt because Providence plays a majority of the time with three guards and two forwards. They do have a 6'11 center by the name of Clifton Moore who will come in and play as well to give them some length on the inside. Sam... Let's start on this side of the ball as it will be of the utmost importance. 
All right. What does Kentucky need to do in order to slow down the Friars in this one as they come in not only as one of the top offensive efficiency teams in the country, but one of the best offensive offensive rebounding teams in the country? Yeah, AJ, I mean, I think you highlighted that and laid it out nicely. I think the most important part of this matchup to me is definitely, you know, defense, AJ, for us. And it has been for the considerable portion of this season. Um, You know, when we look at this Providence team, AJ, like you said, a a 16th most efficient Ken Palm rating and offensive efficiency in the entire country. Um, Granted, they they play in the Big East. They finished, you know, fourth overall in their conference at 21 and 11 on the season, AJ. Um, But really what they do best is, is they share the ball and they spread it out, AJ. Um, you know, you, you highlighted it, but they go with a small ball, three guard lineup, AJ. They do not start anyone over the sides of six, eight. They're, they're two bigs that they play with, with a forward and a true, um, you know, power forward or big, if you will, AJ or six, eight and six, seven. So, you know, um, no major concern of length. When we're talking about defense, you know, Oscar's going to be able to go out there and, and basically guard. He, he's, we're not going to have to worry about that. But when we break down how they're, they're this efficient in offense, AJ, it's because they share the ball and they attack the paint, AJ. They absolutely will attack the paint. All they're trying to do is dribble, drive, dribble, drive, dribble, drive. That That is the entirety of the success of this team, AJ, which, um, you know, to be blunt and to be honest – that's sometimes what the Kentucky Wildcats have struggled against this year. We, we have to identify that as a slight flaw so we can make our necessary adjustments so we can win this game, AJ. Um, you know, what, what I actually really like to break this defensive game down for us, AJ, is just that it really does come down to matchups for me. I mean, Case and Wallace going down there, our guards, AJ, have to be able to stop the ball. Stopping the ball on the dribble drive is the number one most important factor of this matchup, AJ. You have to limit their penetration and their ability to get touches into paint after dribble dribble drive and handoffs and you know high ball screens because that's all they run, AJ. So um, you know, realistically, really keyed in on our defense. You know, I I know John Calipari has done it a teeny little sample size but I I would not actually be surprised if John Calipari just for a handful of possessions now I'm not talking spurts the game but very select handful of possessions maybe coming out of timeouts throws a zone at this Providence team because if you watch the Big East AJ a lot of teams run a zone and this team specifically in Providence will run a zone against us AJ so um, you know might be something that they are not game planning against because John Calipari and the Kentucky Wildcats never run a zone. I know they've done it in very sa- or very small sample sizes this year, but just something to keep our eyes on. But regardless, what this comes down to defensively, AJ, is our ability to stop the ball. It really does. We, we have to stop the ball. We've got to use our athleticism and our length to clog lanes, deflect passes, and really make their night just a constant disruption of, of their rhythm offensively, AJ. I mean, when we talk about the SEC for a second, we're talking about, without a doubt, the most athletic and long conference in all of college basketball. 
we have to put that on full display, AJ. When I go down their top five lineup to our top five lineup, I am giving the edge to every single person in a Kentucky Wildcats jersey, AJ. And I'm not trying to do that in a biased manner. I'm trying to do that with the size, the athleticism, the ability to defend. You have to put that on full display. I mean, this is going to be a full team effort. We have to be in unison. We've showed it at times, AJ. Some of these games we have really shown that we can defend at an elite level. But that is going to be what it takes for Kentucky to find a victory against this Providence team in the first round of the tournament, AJ. Because, look, I'm not trying to to tell you that Providence is the best offensive team in the country by any means. But what I am saying is they share the basketball and – like like you kind of hinted at, they have five guys, AJ, that average over double digits points. So the, the most difficult thing about guarding a team like that, AJ, is oftentimes if you can shut down one major player in the SEC, you can maybe find yourself in a, in a, you know, a great position to get the victory. This is a team that can really get multiple guys going, and it's very difficult to slow them down if they have, you know, three, four guys all in double digits. So uh, really going to have to have a five deep, strong defensive presence for the entirety of the game, AJ. Um, but but I, I like our chances. I mean, this Providence team, AJ, has been struggling as of late. And, and I'm trying to take them at what they are coming into this tournament, which you have to consider – the entirety of their season and all that they've accomplished. But as of late, AJ, I mean, they're, you know, on a three-game losing skid. They're seven of eight in their last 15 games, and they they don't shoot over 35% from the three-point line, AJ. And that's on the entire season. So what we have to do is, I mean, we've got to be smart like we have been the last couple of games, and you've got to know your scouting report, AJ. I mean, you know, like you said, they have a couple of guys that have the ability to shoot at a high percentage clip i mean um you know when we look at ed crosswell he's a forward but he has the ability to stretch you out to the three-point range so definitely something to to keep our eye on but other than that aj i mean you got to force them to the perimeter limit their paint touches and i really think that that's going to yield you your best chance of coming away victoriously against this providence team aj i mean but I'm highlighting, you know, that key matchup. You know, you already brought it up, and I don't want to make it a crazy storyline. But you know, that Bryce Hopkins, Jacob Toppin matchup, and we might even throw Chris Livingston on him because he is basically the exact same size at six six. AJ, you know, two hundred and twenty five pounds or so. So very similar builds there. But I, I would presume primary defender will be Jacob Toppin. I mean, you've got the length, Jacob. You've got the size. You've got the physicality to be able to limit Bryce Hopkins. And, you know, I I don't want to talk too much about this being the storyline, but, you know, I'm choosing to come into this tournament, AJ, with the choice of perspective and attitude. And and I hope that you do it, and I hope that all of Big Blue Nation does it, because there's a couple of storylines that you can run with right now, AJ. And, And that's, you know, Kentucky hasn't won a tournament game in nearly four years, over 1,000 and basically 450 days or whatever it is. Not not that anyone's counting, right? Or you can choose the perspective of AJ. Just two tournaments ago, of which Kentucky participated in, they went to the Elite Eight. Now, we obviously have the, the COVID year canceled. Kentucky missed the tournament following. And then we get bounced 
in the first round against St. Peter's. So two, two tournaments ago that we participated in, AJ, we went to the Elite Eight. That's the perspective that I'm going to choose. Then you got the storyline with Bryce Hopkins and everyone's saying, oh, revenge game for Bryce Hopkins. He's going to body Kentucky, put up 30, and he's going to you know, make Kentucky have another first-round exit. Or you can choose, no, this is a great matchup for Jacob Toppin. They get to play someone that they're familiar with, and this adds an edge to Kentucky, AJ. This isn't like they're walking in to play St. Peter's, who they know nothing about. They have that added feel that, no, 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 no. We're not letting anybody, let alone someone that used to play for us, beat us. So, you know, it's all about perspective, and and I think that plays into our defensive attitude, AJ. Play with that edge. I mean, show that intensity, that fight, that mentality that we're going to get up on you. We're going to guard the ball. We're going to guard the ball, and we're going to guard it with a new intensity because I think if you do that, AJ, I like the way this matchup plays out for the Kentucky Wildcats the rest of the game. So I'm absolutely glad that you brought up defense first because that is the utmost priority in this matchup. But for you, AJ, what do you think it also takes for the Kentucky Wildcats to limit the Providence Flyer or Friars, AJ? Because obviously 16th best offense in the country, I'm not saying it's going to be an easy task. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, Sam. I mean, definitely not going to be an easy task. Um, I mean, you you hit that the head on the nail. It's all about stopping that dribble drive and, and preventing them from getting downhill and into the paint. Look, they're outside the top three hundred in in three pointers attempted this season. That's really not a, a major focus of their game. I mean, you could say they're similar to the Kentucky Wildcats in, in that in that way. It's not that they're a terrible three point shooting team. It's just not exactly what they are looking for. Um, so, Sam. You know, we've had to do this at times this year against certain teams in the SEC. I mean, specifically, let's let's look at an, a game in which we just played at Bud Walton Arena a little while ago where we played the Arkansas Razorbacks, a team that didn't necessarily shoot a lot of threes or shoot them at a high percentage, and we chose to pack in the paint and really forced them to take some three-pointers that aren't really within the rhythm of their offense, even though they were open and they struggled to hit them. And so you're able, if you can pack the paint in, in this game and really force them to play outside in instead of inside out, that's not the game that they're looking to play and can cause them some troubles. Listen, they have one three point shooter who really, who really is a good shooter. And that's Noah Locke. He shot in over 153 threes this season and he, he shoots it at almost 40%. So you got to stay attached to this guy in the three-point line. They aren't a team that, that shoots a lot of threes, but the game, Sam, where they do start hitting threes, they can be really tough to beat because they can start to score a lot of points on you. So be wary of the three-point line. Do not let Locke in particular get going. But really, I mean, Bryce Hopkins can can step out there and, and hit the three as well. They have a few other of their guards as well that can can knock them down at times. So it doesn't need to be a focal point, but you also can't allow them to get going and get really good looks. You need to force them into looks that they don't want from three. And that's why I say you got to play this defense, pack it in from the inside out and play that type of defense, which I think we've done a good job of when we've been um, kind of, that's been our mindset and our game plan uh, going into it. So listen, 
they do a pretty good job of not turning the ball over, Sam. We have not been a team all season long who has created a ton of turnovers. So I think for us, get more active on that defensive side. When we start to create turnover, Sam, I mean, that is really when we are the most dangerous team that we can possibly be because then it leads to fast break points and, and easy buckets. And so we're going to have to do some of that starting to create some turnovers with the pressure. Their guards aren't as big as ours, Sam. Reeves and Case and Wallace, they need to be able to use that physicality. I'm really going to be looking to see how Case and Wallace is feeling on that ankle, and I want to know if he can defend at a high level um, in this game because I we need him to be able to kind of force some of that pressure on their smaller guards and really start to handle them and not let them initiate the offense exactly the way they want to, to be able to get the open looks for some of their forwards and things of that uh, nature. So looking at our guard play specifically on defense, how they handle their guards. And then Sam, you kind of brought up that matchup with Hopkins and Toppin, but really it's just that whole front court matchup there with, with Chris Livingston and Oscar Shibway. Um, and Jacob Toppin going up against Ed Croswell and Bryce Hopkins and then potentially Clifton Moore who will come in there and play at 6'11 as well but they like to get those guys involved on offense like they like to throw the ball to them at the high post or the low post and let them kind of go to work they have moves where they can they can dribble themselves they can attack the basket they can play with their back to the basket so we need to do, do a good job of defending them down low and not allowing them to get in good position to continue to score because those are the types of guys, Sam, they get hot from in there. They start to step out. The jumper starts starts falling, things of that nature. So really got to be physical with them down there, physical with them, but not foul. Sam, we've seen what happens when our team can get into foul trouble at times. It can really put us in in places where we're forced to play guys that may not necessarily needing to be playing all those minutes. So we need to be careful. It's going to be a physical game. We brought, I brought it up in my opening. They're the 16th best offensive rebounding team in the country, Sam. So everything that I just talked about is great. Well, guess what? This is the number one thing we need to do in this game. And there's no doubt about it in my mind, defensive rebounding. Every possession you close out, the ball cannot go back into their hands after it gets shot and it's missed, okay? The tipped out of bounds, then they get a throw in, guy comes off a screen for a three. No, none of that stuff. You miss the offensive rebound, the guy kicks it out, three. Or the guy gets the rebound, foul, and one. Those sorts of things cannot happen. The will to get every rebound... It starts with Oscar Shibway, and it needs to spread to the entire team. The guards need to be down there rebounding. All the forwards, boxing guys out and getting physical in that sense is going to be absolutely key for Kentucky on defense in this game, Sam. And that's really what I'm looking for on defense. The rebounding, the toughness, the effort, all the things that we have talked about consistently on this podcast for the last Two months about the Kentucky basketball team. It needs to be evident in this game. If you choose not to play defense in this game, you're playing with fire. 
Because this team can score the basketball, Sam. They have guys who can break guys down off the dribble and win their one-on-one matchups. We just saw this against Vanderbilt where they had a couple guys who were able to exploit individual matchups in that game and really put us in a place of conflict. So we need to identify if that starts happening at any point and be able to switch and help guys out. I wouldn't mind to see the Kentucky Wildcats switching a lot of things on defense because I think they have the capability to do that in this game and alleviate some of the pressures of having to try to go over and under every single screen. I would love to see them just switch a lot of this stuff. I think this is a game where you can do that some more. Um, And listen, Sam, let's go to the offense now because I was about to bring up a point about offense, but that's really all I have to say about the defense. So I want to get this conversation with going with you about what Kentucky needs to do offensively now, because I really think this is a team that can be exploited on the defensive side of the ball. When you talk about the Providence Friars and we need to do to them what they think they're going to do to us with the offensive rebounding. I think we have an advantage down low. I don't think that they are going to be able to match the physicality all night of us on the board, Sam. I think that's a place where we can really, really, really take advantage of them on the offensive side of the ball. And what do you think we need to do on offense? How do you think we start to break down this team? Are there any individual matchups that you see that can be exploited? Do you think this is a game that needs to be heavy Oscar Shibway? Is this a game that you think you know, we need to get Antonio Reeves going and hit some threes and kind of see if we can create some separation that way. Are we just playing our game? What are you seeing when it comes to the Kentucky Wildcats trying to exploit the Friars' defense? Yeah, I mean, AJ, this is an opportunity for the Kentucky Wildcats. I mean, um, you know, I kind of come back to a point that we made after that Arkansas game, but realistically, getting off to a strong offensive start is a key opportunity for the Kentucky Wildcats, AJ. We still remain 15-0 and this season, AJ, when leading at the half. So, so coming out and playing with the lead, I think, is a critical piece to a Kentucky Wildcats victory this Friday evening, AJ, because, you know, look, we time and time again struggle to play catch-up. I just don't think it it yields well for the type of defense we play. And then we're pressing on offense, AJ, and we're trying to find shots that aren't there. Let's be honest, AJ. We've got the, you know, top a top 15 offense in the entire country. When we look at the last 6 games, AJ, this is where our opportunity is. Kentucky ranks number 7 overall in the last 6 games in the country, the number 8 offense and the number 22 defense. Providence ranks 101st overall, the 15th offense, but AJ, here's why they're the 101 overall. The number 266th defense in the entire country as far as efficiency metrics go. This is a team that has really struggled as of late, AJ, to find stops. They throw a lot of zone at you. We have seen success, AJ, in this Kentucky Wildcats offense. When they go zone, reset, get the ball into... The right hands, which I would like to see it go to Kaysom Wallace, spread our wings out, AJ, and get Jacob Toppin the ball in the mid-range, in the high 
the high key. Listen, Sam, if they want to play zone all night, just 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 send us to the next round because that's yeah. not what you want to do against this Kentucky Wildcats I, team. I they mean, will absolutely pick you apart. You are absolutely correct. I mean, this is a team that whether you hate it or you love it, AJ, because we know a lot of Big Blue Nation hates it, but we shoot a lot of mid-range twos. But the ability, especially with now Kaysom Wallace and Antonio Reeves being an absolute flamethrower, if you want to go to a 2-3 zone against us, get Jacob Toppin the ball in the high key area, right around the free throw line, in that arch, AJ, look and face up and try to either get your shot because you know you can knock that down all night long, AJ. I consider that a 75% plus shot for Jacob Toppin. Or find one of your wings, in Antonio Reeves or C.J. Frederick, flashing to the corners, A.J. But I absolutely agree. I don't think they will be able to go in large portions of this game for durations of time and go zone against us. But other than that, A.J., I mean, yeah, absolutely. I, I love what you brought up. I think this is a huge opportunity for Oscar Sheway to get involved offensively. I mean, we just highlighted it, A.J. They don't play a big man. I mean, they, they play a, you know one guy that's 6'11 for only about 13 minutes a game they don't play their big men over six eight that's just you know that's i know that's the size of oscar shibway and we, we always talk about that but aj he, he is a man his, his size boys. is not the same it's not his created size, equal <laughs> exactly is not the same so yeah I, I absolutely love the opportunity to get oscar shibway going i think you, you have a unique opportunity with the lack of you know six ten plus bigs on this Providence team to not only get Oscar Shibway going in the low post, but but spread him out because that's going to take away any rim protection that this Providence team has at all, AJ. So spread him out, bring him out, and and do what we've been doing as of late in the season. I think that boasts well for Oscar Shibway to have a really productive night against this Providence defense, AJ. Yeah, absolutely, Sam. I think it's been really interesting to see. Um, you know, we've had a couple different instances this year where we've played teams that have similar lineups. I mean, you saw when we played Kansas, yep, how they played with a smaller lineup. More recently, when you saw us play Vanderbilt after they lost Liam Robbins and they went with a more smaller lineup. And so you've seen how we have struggled at times with that defensively. Um but offensively, it, it definitely creates a really big mismatch where Oscar Shibway is. I think mm-hmm. you have to be strategic, though, about how you go about it, Sam. I thought, like, right. in that Vanderbilt That's... game, we struggled to actually get him the ball in low when he was just dominating. We kind of relied on this offense where it was like, well, just shoot it. He'll get the offensive rebound. But you're making him work so hard just to even get the ball. It's like you got to find him some easy shots in that. And so that's why I love the fact you brought – Spread him out a little bit. Start him out. Bring him out. Let him shoot a couple of those jumpers beginning of the game. See if they start to fall. But also use him out there as a guy who can look over the defense and make passes to his Mm -hmm. teammates as well and start to bring some of those defenders away from the basket and allow some of those cutting lanes for the other players. So I think that's definitely something where they can exploit this defense on Friday night. Yeah, I totally agree, AJ. And no, maybe not contrary to what you're saying, but at, at some points in this year, AJ, also, Oscar Shibway has been hit at his best when we are not trying to just deliberately get the ball into him in the low post and make him make a move on somebody. I mean, it, it's it, what I'm also saying is it is okay to, to pull him out and run our offense 
I'm still happy to run our offense through him, get him touches, but dude, sometimes he's at his best when he is just grabbing offensive boards, fighting through the glass, getting fouled, and getting to the line, AJ. So I am not afraid. Just because we have the size of or the favorable size up matchup down low does not mean time and time again go to him in the low post because look. They are going to see that coming, AJ. They will probably bring a double in those instances. And, you know, he's a decent passer, but not the best passer. So I, I don't want to go to this, we have to get the ball into Oscar every single time down in the low post. That's why I'm saying let's spread them out. Let's let's get some of this other offensive rhythm that we've had. But I absolutely love what you brought up about our guard play, AJ. I think Kaysom Wallace and specifically Antonio Reeves have a great size advantage over their guards, AJ. What I would also love to see is really work in that high pick-and-roll offense and let these guys get downhill and penetrate the paint. I mean, Antonio Reeves is going to be able to work through that and start his game from penetrating to get paint touches and hit that floater that he has showed, AJ, that he has really mastered as of late in this season. And then let his game spread out to the perimeter, but do the exact same thing with Kaysom Wallace. Get him downhill coming off of a high pick-and-roll screen because I just like our, our size, our physicality, our athleticism against this Providence defense, AJ. I mean, they, they are number 266 in the last six games for a reason, and, and that is because teams are able to penetrate the paint against them. I, I really want us to see a heavy emphasis on getting those touches in the paint, whether it be by dribble drive or by posting Oscar. But I really want to see those numbers go up, AJ. But, I mean, that is totally an opportunity for the Kentucky Wildcats to create separation, especially early and often. I mean, let's test the waters. Let's post Oscar. Let's see how that goes and then spread them out and try to see if he can knock down a couple of jumpers. But I I, I really am. I know I, I highlighted it earlier, but I have to say it. I'm looking for a big game out of Jacob Toppin. Oh, AJ. yeah. Oh, I, I yeah. really am. Big time, Sam. And, you know, I have all the faith in the world at this point in the season. Oscar Sheway is going to show up to play. Jacob Toppin's going to show up to play. Antonio Reeves is going to go show up to play. Cason Wallace is going to show up to play. I know Chris Livingston's going to show up to play. But we do need a little bit more production out of him on the offensive side. Just he doesn't need to score a ton of points, but we need to be at like eight to twelve, not four to six or four to eight. Well, AJ, I'll I, take four to eight if he goes out there and grabs twelve rebounds. Yeah, I'm just saying. I think Sam, and it's not even ultimately about him. It's him. It's CJ Frederick. It's a Duthiero if he gets in. It's Lance Ware if he comes in, and it's Damian Collins. We need one of those guys to step up and make some plays for us when they come in the game, you know? And then also when it comes to the starting lineup, I mean, I think you've seen those three guys with Reeves, Toppin, and Shibway be our three most consistent players on offense throughout the course of the season and definitely in this back half of the season. So I say Chris and Kaysen, I know they're going to show up to play, but we just need that productivity from them to rise up just a little bit to help us out. Because I think, like, you look at the box score of the Vanderbilt game and those three sitting there around 20 points, but then there's really not much outside of that. We just need that boost a little bit, everyone to play their role and step up into their role. Because we know when we do that, 
we can beat anybody in the entire country, you know, but we have to have that every night. We are not a team that has a huge margin for error where we can have games where two of our guys do not play well because we really don't have the ultimate depth that we may have thought we would have had earlier in the season to back up that starting five players. And so, like I said, our margin for error is, is, is so I will just, I want to see a couple of those guys step up there, Sam, and, and really no, help us out in this tournament run. And you just, you never know this time of year. You just need one guy to step up and say, I'm doing it. And I'm going to be that guy to really kind of propel this team. So, I'm yeah, getting excited, so- you know, Sam. It, it's here. It's March, baby. It's Friday night. Is for it's it's for all the marbles, you know. You win or you go home, and and that's what we love about this time of year. I mean, was there anything else you wanted to say about Jacob Toppin in, in this game, or or are you just excited and and ready and think he's going to have a big time game? I, I do think he's going to have a big time game. I appreciate you for bringing up some of our other contributors. Um, you know, I I honestly think AJ that. This March run, um, Kaysen Wallace has an opportunity to really solidify who he is as a basketball player. Um, you know, all season long, I've been talking about him being, you know, a surefire lottery pick. I think he can really step up for this Kentucky Wildcats team, especially this first game, AJ, exploit his matchup, get his offensive players in a rhythm. I'm, I'm not even worried about him scoring. I think he's going to be able to score, AJ, and I think he's going to put up some decent numbers this tournament, but really just initiate our offense, AJ, get your guys in a rhythm, get them feeling confident early on and penetrate the paint. Cause when he does that, AJ, as of late, I've been watching a lot of film when he is flying and playing downhill, he's creating shots for Antonio Reeves. He's creating shots for Jacob Toppin. And I really want to see that out of him, but I, I am looking for, you know, a, a very efficient night, out of Case and Wallace, and I think this could be one of those scenarios, AJ, where we make a run and we're looking at Case and Wallace as one of those guards that really stepped up in March because we've seen it time and time again under the Calipari era, AJ, and I think Case and Wallace could be that guy for us. So I think that's my last consideration as far as this matchup goes, AJ. But look, this is supposed to be fun for the fans, for the players, and for everyone involved. So let's have fun. Let's enjoy this ride. Hopefully this March Madness goes in the Kentucky Wildcats favor, but let's have fun and let's just enjoy the thrill of what this tournament brings for every fan of the game. Couldn't have said it better myself, Sam. And look, we all know that if Kentucky wants to win this whole thing, they're going to have to win Six games in a row. Let's not get ahead of ourselves here, Sam. So why don't we just kind of take a look at the surrounding teams in Kentucky's region, and then we'll kind of open this up, Sam, and just chit-chat about the tournament here for a few minutes and any teams you may have your eye on, certain matchups you're looking forward to. And, you know, hey, if you got any bold predictions, I'm all ears. So... You know, obviously, Kentucky is sitting there in the East region um, as the sixth seed. So they're um, basically in the bottom half of that East region there. So um, if we were to get by Providence, we would then play the winner of the 3-14 matchup, which would be Kansas State and Montana State. 
um, more than likely you would get a Kansas State uh, Wildcats team. So it'd be Wildcats versus Wildcats would be quite a interesting matchup. I've actually watched that team play a lot this year. I would love to see us match up against them. But anyways, um, when you go below that, Sam, another team that we are really familiar with, with the Michigan State Spartans, they will host the USC Trojans in an intriguing first-round matchup there. And then you have the two-seed Marquette Golden Eagles against Vermont and the 215 matchup. So in your little bottom half of this region, a possibility of having to play a two seed in a Marquette who had a wonderful year and ended up winning the Big East tournament, a Michigan State team that threw injuries all year, found a way to scrap and claw their way into their 15th straight or 25th straight NCAA tournament appearance and you know they do not go down easy a kansas state team who in jerome tang's first year found extreme success in a number three seed in the tournament so just in your bottom little half of that bracket there sam a lot of teams that can cause some damage when you look at the top half of the east region duke and oral roberts is a matchup i mean i don't think a lot of people know that oral roberts team is 30 and 4 they have a player in Max Acemus who was on this team who made a run just a couple years ago in this tournament where he was dropping buckets, Sam. So that is a tough first-round matchup for a Duke Blue Devils team who, I hate to say it, has been one of the most consistent teams in the second half of this college basketball season. I mean, out of anybody in the country, they have been one of those more consistent teams. So then you have a Tennessee team who plays the Louisiana Ragin' Cajuns. I mean, a fun matchup there. Tennessee without Sakai Ziegler. They could be in for a tough couple of rounds, Sam. We know the pressure on Rick Barnes for coming up short in the tournament. This is not really a position they wanted to be in and thought they'd be in when they were almost thought of as like a lock one seed at one point in this season. Then you have up top the Purdue Boilermakers. I mean, going to be the, the national player of the year in Zach Eady, a seven foot four monster. And then you have two really good teams in non power five conferences in Memphis and Florida Atlantic who have played really good basketball all season long. So, Sam, just in this East region alone, I mean, it is going to be absolute chaos so that's kind of what this thing would look like from the east region sam are there any teams in particular outside of kentucky in this region or anywhere else in this tournament that you are looking forward to watch watching or any intriguing matchups that you've got your eyes on coming up in the next couple of days yeah i mean the the east region is strong aj i'm not gonna lie i mean especially in our bottom portion you know these are experienced teams that are going to be coming ready into march for an opportunity to make a deep run. No one down there in, in our bottom half of the East region, AJ, is a team that doesn't deserve to be here or isn't ready for the moment. I mean, you already highlighted it, so I don't have to beat a dead horse. But but look, AJ, at the same time, when I look at the East region, for the first time, I think John Calipari doesn't have a reason to scream and cry about the draw that the Kentucky Wildcats got. I mean, I, I will be on his side. In previous years, AJ, we have really gotten some tough routes to a Final Four, and we maybe haven't had our seed play to our favor. But 
when I look at, at our route, AJ, I mean, you avoided some of the best teams in college basketball. You avoided the Alabamas, the Houstons, you know, the Kansas Jayhawks. I mean, even as the two seeds, I I take our two seed in Marquette over over Texas, over Arizona, AJ. I mean, over UCLA. I, I I'm not taking anything away from Marquette, but the way we match up with some of these teams, I'm serious when I say I think one of the hardest matchups for the Kentucky Wildcats is Providence in this first-round matchup, AJ. I think the way they're able to score the basketball and spread the love between all five of their starters, it's just a, it's a recipe that Kentucky has struggled against this year. Okay, that's We already highlighted that. We already highlighted how we can beat that. But even Kansas State, AJ, I mean, they've got some great guard play, but I like our matchup. And I know you have the argument that they're battle-tested because they're coming out of, you know, one of the, not one of, the best conference in college basketball in the Big 12 who has seven teams dancing this year, AJ. But at the same time, they've gotten beat down, AJ. And there's there's opportunities to beat a team like that. I mean, when I look at our East region, you already highlighted it. I think Duke stands out. They're playing some of the best basketball as of late. I hate to say it, but they really have come together. You know, Filipowski is playing phenomenal basketball, AJ. Purdue's going to be a tough out, but at the same time, I don't have a lot of faith in their guard play, AJ. I really don't, and that's who's going to have to step up more than anyone in this tournament if they want to make a run to the Final Four. It's not Zach Eady, AJ. He is going to get his. I can guarantee you that. It's their guard play and how he handles some of the more physical teams outside of the Big Ten that they're going to have to go up against, which, for starters, AJ, if they get that second-round matchup against Memphis – that could be a tough matchup for the Purdue Boilermakers as Memphis has a really physical basketball team and they are playing some good basketball as of late too. So, you know, for me, AJ, it's, it's obviously impossible for me not to pick Kentucky coming out of the East region, but there are definitely some, some great teams down in our region that are very capable of deep runs when you ask some of the other, you know, opportunities as far as who I think can make a, a run in the tournament, AJ, I mean, truthfully, Alabama has the easiest route to a Final Four out of any team in the country. Obviously, that is because they are the number one overall seed, but really, you know, a favorable route to try to get to Houston. That is for sure. But aside from that, AJ, you know, I actually like some of the other routes within the South region. I mean, I'm not saying Alabama can't do it, but look, they have showed life where if they can't knock down shots, HA, look, they're, they're a heck of a defensive team. They've got a lot of length, a lot of athleticism, but they have showed that they can lose. And you know, all it takes is one and one team out of that region, HA, that I think could do it for the South is honestly, either Baylor or Arizona, AJ, because, look, Baylor has some of the best guard play in college basketball. It depends if they can be healthy. I know they, they've gotten hurt down the stretch of the season, and then Arizona can score with the best of them, AJ. They can absolutely score with the best of them. I would love to see that matchup. Um, you know, as a 12 seed, you, you kind of talked about it, but Oral Roberts has to be the best 12 seed in the country. This is a really unfavorable matchup for Duke in the first round, AJ. So they get past them, they might be able to make a run, but do not sleep on Oral Roberts. They might be able to make some noise. And then, 
you know, when I actually look at another team that could make some noise that maybe not a lot of people are talking about, and I'm so glad we did not draw them as a seven seed, is Penn State, AJ. I, I know I'm not extremely high on the Big Ten. The Big Ten does have eight teams, which is tied for the most in, uh, in the tournament with the SEC, who also has eight teams. But Penn, Ta- Penn State taking on Texas A&M in the first round, I mean, Look, you got you got Texas in round two. It's not easy, but I really do think that they have an opportunity. They can shoot the lights out of the gym, and a team like that, AJ, can really make noise in the first two rounds of the tournament. They might go cold later, but first two rounds, they might be able to do something. But, yeah, I mean, look, this is going to be an incredible couple of weeks, an incredible Thursday-Friday slate. You know, this is what dreams are made of, and, you know, I, I'm really excited for – for everyone, but obviously for our Kentucky Wildcats, I think we have an opportunity to really go under the radar, AJ. I mean, I've been listening to, to every college analyst and what their picks are is and what the Final Four is, and no one's talking about us. No one is. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not blaming them for not, but I think this is a unique opportunity where Kentucky can do the hunting. AJ, they can go out oh, yeah. there and do the hunting and, and not get hunted. And that, it's Kentucky. We're always getting hunted, but have that edge play with that mentality and go out there and, and make some noise. I mean, look, you and I talked about it. We would have loved to see in a six game winning streak at some point in this year, AJ. But the thing that I will argue with you is that we have multiple times this season gotten four game win streaks put together. If you win four games, AJ, where does that put you? The final four. That's what I'm talking about. Anything can happen, AJ. So you win four games, you are in Houston. That's all I have to say. But for you, AJ, any other standouts? I mean, we could talk about this bracket for the next two hours, and I'd still be trying to go through matchups and what have you. Yeah, we we could, but let me just give give the listeners a few quick thoughts, and then and then we'll we'll get on out of here sam but just a few things that i'm honestly um keeping my eye on uh when we look across the bracket um at the west um you know i've had my eye on that ucla team all season long uh, partially because we played them early in earlier in the season um also just because i thought they were going to have a really good season and i wanted to see how they progressed unfortunately they lost a key piece of their team in jalen clark just two weeks ago and are now trying to find their way through this ncaa tournament without him fortunately they still have jaime hakas and tiger campbell um they're two leaders but sitting down there at that two seed they obviously have a nice path to houston but a team that they could run into is potentially a gonzaga or a TCU, which both teams could have the ability to beat them if, you know, I mean, so I'm interested in that lower portion of the Western um, bracket there. I think that's going to be some really interesting basketball. Sam, that that Texas A&M, Penn State, I mean, it, it, it could be one of the better first round um, matchups that you have here as far as two teams that are similar and, and, and may play down to the wire in a grind it out type type of game. So that's really interesting there. Um, I'm interested to see in what, what goes on with Houston. Obviously, a, a wonderful season. Marcus Sasser um, missed their tournament last year. He's now hurt, may not play in the tournament. 
this season, which is a massive blow to that team. Obviously, the Final Four is in their own home city, so a lot of motivation for them to get there with this you know, majority of their team coming back from last year, new, now guys healthy, maybe not healthy, so really interested to see what goes on there, Sam. And then, honestly, outside of that, Sam, just really keeping my eye on the SEC team, seeing how they do and how they fare in this tournament feel like there's been some SEC teams here in the last, I don't know, 10 plus years that have been able to go on some nice runs in this tournament. Feel like, you know, with with some of these teams from the South, you get some big, strong athletes on your team. You go through the grind of an SEC, SEC season, and some of these games that you play, you go up against some teams that play a little bit different style of basketball, and I think that's fared well for some teams but I'm really interested to see how they match up this year especially with a team like Missouri the surprise season they had I'm excited to see how they do in this tournament it's not going to be easy but a lot of different storylines going on Sam it is going to be one hell of a tournament one hell of a weekend of college basketball coming up I mean need we need we say more right yeah, AJ, the last thing I'll give for, for our listeners is just a couple of tournament updates here. Um, John Calipari did have his uh, conference today. He updated that every single player besides one had physical practice today and did full game scrimmages at full speed. So we should be completely healthy. I obviously presume that that one player is severe Wheeler still has an opportunity to play AJ, maybe come off the bench for us uh, in, in this first round matchup against Providence, but we will have to see next thing. I'll say AJ six teams in the NCAA history have made it and won in the final four as a six seed AJ. So it has been done before it can be done and hopefully it will be done. And then the last thing I will say for all of our consideration, is 100% of the national championships since 2002, AJ, so the last 21 years worth, have had a top 40 Ken Palm offense and a top 22 Ken Palm defense. What I will tell you is we do have a top 40 Ken Palm offense, and if we look at the last six games, we have a top 22 defense efficiency team in the entire country. Maybe not for the entire year, But for the last six games, AJ, we have the ability to make something special happen. And boy, am I ready for this ride with you. Absolutely, Sam. And we all look forward to it. Just to give you guys a little update. Um, So what our plan is, is if Kentucky wins, we will be back with you guys to continue going through their games as they progress. Hopefully, we get a couple more episodes in as we wind down this season. If not... We'll get an episode out next week. We'll just recap the game um, in case they do lose, and then we'll kind of regroup and give our season kind of recap and our thoughts on what went on. Um, And then here in the next couple of weeks, me and Sam are going to spend some time, really start to transition, get our, our minds wrapped around everything that's happened in the football world. I mean, spring practice is going on, Sam. Now the transfer portal has opened up for college basketball already, so it's going to start to get crazy here. So we'll get you guys in the loop about some of that, and then we'll start getting prepared 
um, to come back in the summer and start getting you guys ready for football season and all of that stuff. But we will continue to go as long as this Kentucky Wildcats team does as far as breaking down these games. And then when it's all over, we'll give you guys a nice season recap and then we'll keep you informed from there. But Friday night, Sam, we'll all be tuned in. Kentucky Wildcats in the Providence Friars, thank you again for getting on here tonight and breaking it down with me, Sam. Thank you to everybody who listens, and go Cats. See y'all. There's only one thing left to say. Oh, C-A-T-S, Cats, Cats, Cats.